if, uh, if I could just take, uh, I'll take the first and the third questions, and I think Alex probably the best place to talk about the, the, the tendering process. On Joe's point, um, I, I, I agree fundamentally, Joe, with, with your point, and I think the, particularly in the financial climate that we're in, um, we have to make sure that our policy interventions and our policy actions uh, are supportive to a business climate and are mutually consistent. Um, I wondered, as you went through your comments, if the P word was going to come up of planning, and it dutifully did, uh, and I'm not surprised about that. Um, I had an experience um, some time ago where I was opening a, an office development in Glasgow and the developer took great care to explain to me that the decision, the planning decision by the city council had taken 12 weeks to take its course, which is really very, very good. And he said to me, if it had taken 14 weeks, it still would have been really, really good in planning policy terms to go from application into determination. If it had been 14 weeks, that still would have been great. But the difference between 12 weeks and 14 weeks was the difference between the shutters coming down on bank lending. So therefore, if that hadn't happened, if it had been 14 weeks, there'd be no office block, there'd be no employment for all these people designing it, constructing it, and there would be no place ready for um, uh, Tesco Financial Services to move into in bespoke accommodation and create the long-term jobs sitting in the city centre in Glasgow. And if you ever needed an illustration in time is money, that was it. One of these kind of comments which is ringing in my head all the time on these questions. Now, we've, um, we've spent a lot of time in the last uh, parliament trying to make the planning system more efficient. Um, my contention would be that we've, um, we've made improvements, that we have got the agencies of Scotland, you know, I used to have a queue of folk at my door telling me that SEPA was a terrible organisation. I now have farmers in my own constituency saying SEPA are a thoughtful, proportionate organisation in what they do, which I never thought I'd live long enough to hear farmers in my constituency saying that to me. Um, so a lot of organisations have taken the government's message about efficiency, about speed of decision making and consistency of decision making. I don't say all of that to say that there's not room for improvement, Joe, because th there will be other areas where um, I do sometimes see bits of paper coming in front of me thinking, why are we saying this in the context of a, of, of a different issue? So we've got to make sure that we use the influence of government and the, 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 the privilege of government to make sure that we can deliver answers uh, in an efficient way to people. Um, now, Paul's point, which is going to have to shout at me to remind you, because I never... Confidence. Stability and confidence, yes. Well, um, part of um, the point I was making in my opening remarks this morning is that the government's going to make no apology for actually continuing its direction of travel from the last four years. And I think that should be, you know, I hope that's a sign of confidence and encouragement to the business community that... Um, You've seen what we did in the last four years. We have every intention of continuing that direction of travel and to focus on economic growth and economic success. Um, we will use, if you take the example that uh, Alec Neil was citing earlier on about capital investment, you know, we're facing a big fall in capital investment. We haven't just shrugged our shoulders and said, we've got a big fall in capital investment. We've taken a pragmatic decision to fill some of the gap 
with a non-profit distributing revenue finance programme to help keep the throughput of capital projects underway in Scotland. So we'll look for other interventions like that. Um, money won't always be able to be thrown at an issue, but there are policy things we can do that can help to continue that conference. And ultimately, um, we have to create a mood in Scotland, and it's quite interesting. Um, you know, we've just gone through an election campaign where there's been a, a debate about public spending reductions, about the difficulties in the economy, all these type of things. But fundamentally, I think there's still a very confident mood within the country. And that's a, you know, I, I sense that today, that people are in a pretty confident state of affairs. We've just got to get on and make it happen. And the government will be very much leaders and participants in that process. Thanks, John. Can I just add a bit to what John said in answer to Joe? Uh, because one of the discussions and one of the, the issues highlighted in our discussion was the system used in Manchester to prioritise which projects to spend money on. And the example was quoted, and John will find this very amusing, of two large tram systems in the city of Manchester. And as a result of the introduction of this uh, criteria for deciding where to put the investment in terms of getting the greatest economic impact, one of the tram systems went to the top of the list, but one of the other, the other tram system went to the bottom of the list. And I think part of Joe's point was that we need to uh, direct the spare resources that we have into those areas of investment that have the greatest economic impact and we're totally united on that and uh, you know we're already through the infrastructure investment board uh, moving towards a, 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 system, a, a, a systematic system very similar I would imagine to Manchester's of prioritizing projects in terms of their economic impact. In terms of uh, helping SMEs to get a greater share of public procurement business, I would give a two-pronged answer to that. First of all, to remind you of the suggestions and proposals that John put forward last year or earlier this year in terms of the reform of the EU procurement directive, which very much determines the limits within which we operate. Uh, for example, raising the threshold at which uh, a tender has to be advertised in the European Journal I believe will have as its impact if they accept that proposal of helping local, small and medium-sized businesses actually gain a greater share of public procurement contracts. Uh, secondly, in terms of uh, taking into account other factors such as the local economic impact of particular uh, tenders, again, I think will help SMEs. Thirdly, the fact that we have ourselves committed ourselves to uh, give a percentage of businesses, uh, of contracts by value to SMEs, I think also is uh, very important. So there's a range of policies already in place which was initiated by John over the last few years, deliberately designed to improve the chances of the SME sector to get a greater share of public procurement in Scotland. And as the First Minister said, it's always a fine balance between trying to save the taxpayer money and at the same time making sure that we do as much as we possibly can within the procurement process to assist Indigenous businesses. Uh, the second part of my answer would be, and this came out of a discussion we had about uh, the digital strategy in Scotland in the group, and that was uh, one of the issues, obviously, in terms of the digital strategy is a small number of very large suppliers, and yet there are a, a number of innovative suppliers who at the moment have a very, very, very minute share of the market, not just in Scotland, but across the UK. 
Now, we're about to get, uh, over the next few years, our share of the BBC licence money that's been earmarked for investment in the information superhighway. And one of the points made, I think it was by Polly Purvis, is that we could use some of that money in those areas where we do need public subsidy to get a, a super broadband. We could use some of that money in such a way that we facilitate more suppliers and in these innovative smaller suppliers in the marketplace. Um, and I think that is certainly a suggestion that we'll take forward and look at very seriously. I think it's a very good suggestion. And that type of innovative approach is also how we can help, in this case, in that particular marketplace, small and medium-sized businesses get into uh, or increase their share uh, of the market in Scotland. Well, thank you for that informative and full response there, Alec. Um, Leaving time, I think, just for two questions, uh, if we could have that. John, John has to go and do a parliamentary statement this afternoon, so we're on a tight schedule. We have one there, and do we have another another one anywhere? This is sort of final call for, for bids here, an auctioneer. Yes, at the front. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, um, I just wanted to pick up a little bit on the discussion we had. One of the points that came up, up earlier in the, in the day as well, and it was around the um, access to funding for small businesses, and I think the, um, I, I can't, my name's sort of Dave Farthing, I work with ConocoPhillips, oil and gas sector, it tends not to be a big issue for us because we have, we have larger players investing with, in smaller players, and we have boutique investors who come into the industry. However, for lots of other businesses, I think it is an issue, big issue, and um, I'd like to see uh, two questions. One is, what can be done to, to work with the traditional providers to, uh, Make, encourage them to be more uh, aggressive in their approach to funding these small businesses and also what can be done around bringing in some of the global players who, are, who will be, have less onerous terms in, in dealing with that, uh, that particular issue. Okay, thank you. David, yes sir. Uh, firstly, more an observation than a suggestion. Um, if we are to achieve sustainable economic growth and therefore sustainable skills and employment and the First Minister directs us to look at employed status, not full-time college places. Maybe we have to look at a different way of looking at employed apprenticeships. Do we need to look at vocational training around a shared apprenticeship system, which I believe they use in Wales? Thank you very much. Interesting question. John, John Swinney. The, um, on the first point about access to finance, the government has a regular dialogue with uh, the banking sector in Scotland about access to finance and um, that is a dialogue that we use to essentially press some of the issues the First Minister was raising about the access to finance survey earlier on uh, this morning and to, to, to press the banking institutions to, to make resources available for investment in the economy. Um, now, the banks will, you know, We've had a number of discussions about this, and one of the key points the banking sector makes is that their um, overall lending is influenced heavily by the fact that most of them are not particularly active in the property field just now because of the volume of what I might call property congestion that uh, still exists from the economic difficulties. Um, I specialise in euphemisms, uh, uh, you'll hear. Um, and the second thing is that they actually um, are reaching lending targets, but people are actually repaying their indebtedness. Um, now, I would think in all of that, there's still room for a greater flexibility in lending practices. And one of the best 
justifications for that, I think, is where we see vigorous competition in local markets. Some of the banks, um, I can think of a couple of localities in Scotland who never present to me difficulties about um, banking offers that are available. It's because banks are vigorously competing to get work and business in those areas. Um, so the, 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 the art of all of this, my view, is about competition. And we've, we are encouraging other players, very welcome, uh, the number of players that have come into the market and are now um, stirring it up, which will increase competition. In terms of encouraging international players, some of the international players are involved. Some of the international players were contributors towards the Scottish Loan Fund that the First Minister talked about earlier on, which is very welcome. Some domestic contributors um, uh, made their contribution into the bargain. So we will be encouraging international players to be active in the Scottish market. And if you look at an example, for example, the international financing conference that we had on renewables, that was a showcase to essentially say to the outside world, look at all this activity that's going on here, look at this policy certainty on renewables that we've got here, whether folk like it or loathe it, we've got policy certainty on renewables. So if you want to invest, this is the place to do it. And I think we're beginning to see the fruits of that with the location of companies like Gamesa and Mitsubishi and Dusan Babcock in terms of the renewables industries in Scotland. So to link to the point that Joe Elliott made earlier on, our policy certainty on renewables has the ability to attract private sector invest capital investment of a fashion that the public sector just can't put on the table mm -hmm. to make this all happen. And it's created, not because we put money on the table, but because we put policy certainty on the table, which I appreciate counts for a great deal in this respect. Um, I should also say that we are fortunate in that we have a growing number of um, angel investors in Scotland, and I think they're making a really good contribution towards identifying exciting propositions that can just emerge as part of the growth company agenda. Uh, on Graham's point, finally, uh, you know, the government, I hope you've got a sense from today that the government is absolutely determined to make sure that we get our training interventions relevant for every individual and relevant for the company base in Scotland. And that may sound like two statements of the bleeding obvious, but I have to make those two statements of the bleeding obvious to make sure that we do it. Because if we don't do it, then we're not succeeding in delivering the type of training and employment support that the economy requires. Well, thank you very much indeed, John. And, and as I, I said, I'm sorry that we don't have more time for questions. I think we will try and put that right in the next National Economic Forum that we hold to allow more time for discussion. But we did feel today that uh, you would want to hear following the election about what we had to say. And therefore, there's been more talking from our point of view than there might normally have been. Could, could I just uh, a, a, a invite uh, the Cabinet Secretary for Finance, John Swinney, to make his closing remarks to you all? Thanks very much, Fergus. And first of all, can I say um, that this has been a very helpful morning, uh, certainly from the government's perspective. I hope that you found it um, uh, interesting and rewarding into the bargain. As Fergus has just said, I think the programme today has been structured an awful lot more and more than is desirable on the government setting out some of its thinking. But post-election, I think it is important that we clarify that some things, you know, exactly where we're going on certain key aspects to give a flavour of the government's agenda. Um, we're going through a process just now in Parliament of, um, on each uh, week, 
different ministers are setting out in more detail the government's priorities in all of the different policy areas. And um, uh, so there'll be, a, if you're wanting to follow in some more detail or thinking on different policy areas, um, it's all in the official report on the Parliament's website, and that process will conclude. I think next Thursday is the final debate in that series, or perhaps next Wednesday, next Thursday, um, to, uh, to, uh, to 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 cover all of that ground. The second uh, thing, which I think is an important observation today, is that the you've got you've got a sense today from the first minister of his economic message. You've heard from the deputy first minister about the city's element of her responsibilities. You've heard from um, Fiona Hislop about the creative industries element of her responsibilities, from Alec Neil about the capital investment issues and his responsibilities, from my perspective, the employment and economic activity elements of my responsibilities. And if you ever needed to have an illustration that right across government we're all thinking about the economy and we're all focused on the economy, that's it. That's the focus that's going through all portfolios, whether we're predominantly the health secretary or the culture secretary or the infrastructure secretary or the finance secretary, the economy is running through everything that we are doing. And that's why this event is important to give us uh, some clear thinking from the uh, wider community, the business community, the uh, the third sector, um, the trade union community, the local authority community on some of the challenges that we face in relation to the economy. And um, this is not just a kind of, I think you know well enough in the last four years, this is not just a kind of mornings um, going through the motions. This is part of a process that you know, I've already fed back to officials in the light of the subgroup that I had this morning of a desire to explore in much more detail one of the major, major areas that came up in our discussion so that I can be satisfied that the feedback I've heard today can be uh, addressed properly and fully by, by government. Um, one of the points I made earlier on was that um, we believe there's a great value in actually reminding people that the government's direction of policy is going to continue. Um, that does therefore give us the opportunity to deliver in the course of a a nine-year period in which we have the opportunity to lead Scotland to deliver some really decisive change in the way in which we take forward policy, how we pursue economic opportunity, and how we give uh, some of the essential stability in uh, public issues uh, to encourage economic recovery and economic growth. In doing that, um, we have to make sure, and it's an observation also on the range of, response of ministers that are involved in economic issues, that we are um, fully connected as a government in all that we do. So, for example, I uh, convene, along with Alec Neil and Michael Russell, um, a strategic forum that brings together Scottish Enterprise, Highlands Lands Enterprise, Skills Development Scotland, the Scottish Funding Council and Visit Scotland to make sure that our five um, agencies who've got uh, a very detailed involvement in the economy, all of whom um, have a clear role to perform, a role that will continue as it was set out in the last parliament, to bring them together to get real punch out of all of those interventions. And I've uh, been delighted by the way in which these organisations have focused on a common purpose of how we can make sure we get the maximum effect from all of our interventions. Uh, and that will continue over the period ahead. In terms of the, the economy, we, we have a number of major challenges. We've seen improvements in the labour market although we are concerned that we are beginning to see some of the pressure on the labour market arising out of the public expenditure restrictions that we have to face up to. 
And the challenge for all of us is to make sure that the resources that we have at our disposal can make the maximum impact. And this is where I come back to the point that Joe Elliott raised about policy and money. Um, we've got to get our policy interventions correct. It's why in, uh, events like this are important to clarify and uh, our thinking. But we've also got to get the money flowing in an effective way. And despite the public expenditure reductions, there will still be a very, very substantial amount of public money being spent in Scotland. £28 billion will still be spent under the budget under which, over which I have control um, in Scotland in the forthcoming financial year. And our challenge, despite the, redu the, re the reductions, is to make sure we get the maximum effectiveness for doing that. And we're open to your feedback as to how effectively we do that and how we can maximise that yet further. So I hope today that you found this uh, a, a constructive occasion. Um, we certainly want to continue the pattern of the National Economic Forum meeting a couple of times a year, spending more time, as Fergus has said, in dialogue um, and hearing your views, hearing your feedback and hearing you challenging us to make sure that we live up to the aspirations that we've set out to you at this first session of the National Economic Forum. Can I thank you warmly for um, your participation today. Uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go straight to Parliament to prepare for a parliamentary statement at half past two, so it, uh, uh, the wheels never stop turning, as they say, so I'll not be able to join you for lunch, but Fergus and my colleagues will be here. So thank you very much for your participation, and uh, I look forward to further dialogue in the months to come. Thank you. Well, thank you, John, Fiona and Alec. Uh, and... Uh, You've heard, ladies and gentlemen, that our main objective is economic growth, uh, job creation, business success in Scotland. I also have another objective and aim as Minister over the next five years, uh, and that is in relation to Ronald Reagan's comment that the ten most fearful words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. And my objective is to prove that he is wrong because we are the government and we exist to help you in Scotland. I hope that we are approachable, that all of us will leave here feeling that you can come to us if you have a serious matter that we can solve. Uh, and that is something that uh, I hope to, to prove over the next five years. Thank you very much indeed for coming, and we'll see you over lunch.